Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Consistency isn't always the thing. If you are not a consistent person, then yes, it'll help you to have a bit more consistency. But I think just biting the bullet and doing something that scares you and just pushing past that little that little point of thinking, oh God, no, I don't know what's going to happen and just do it anyway before you've got time to think. That's what brings new things into your life, I think. Welcome to Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. Universal Grace is a dose of personal development and spiritual truth to help you become the best and greatest version of yourself. I share real talks with global game changers, thought leaders, and high performance experts in this raw and unfiltered transformational podcast. I know that we're all capable of becoming the very best version of ourselves. We just need to remember who we are and believe that we are worthy and deserving of an extraordinary life. I am here to awaken you to your infinite potential and inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. You ready? Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Universal Grace. I am your host, Nadine Grace. This episode is part one of a two-part episode, and our guest today is Rania Curdy. She's a bicultural, bilingual actress and comedian who was raised in Jordan. She moved to England in 2013, where she trained as a transformational life coach, who now support others with confidence in life and on camera. Rania has had a diverse career in the Middle East, spanning almost 20 years in TV, film, voiceovers, theater, and has even topped the Arab pop music charts. She reached pan-Arab success as co-host of Arab Pop Idol in Lebanon before moving to Egypt to play the female lead in the romantic comedy Seventh Sense. She released her second music album, Tell Me Why. Rania was executive producer and writer of her own comedy sketch show, The Rania Show, which aired for two seasons on Jordan TV and was subsequently hailed the Arab Tracy Ullman by Stanford University, where her sketches and Arab characters were used as teaching material. Rania is active as an ambassador to the Children of War Foundation, helping children receive life-saving operations and medical help. Thank you so much for being here, Rania. It is such a pleasure having you. I'm really excited, Nadine. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. It's my pleasure. So you were raised in Jordan and your mother is British and your father is Jordanian. What was it like growing up in Jordan? 
It was really, really nice um, because there's a real sense of community. It's a very small country, so you feel that everyone knows everyone. I mean, it's changed now. There's a lot of refugees um, from either Iraq or Kuwait or Palestine. So now it isn't so much everybody knows everybody at the traffic light. But, um, you know, it's got a real sort of uh, mix of modern kind of up-to-date, you know, things that you would see anywhere else, but also a lot of culture and history. You know, we've got the Dead Sea, we've got Wadi Rum, we've got Petra, um, it's the land where Moses was, uh, you know, it's got a lot of mixed kind of things that you can do or see. Um, so it's very, very rich and very enjoyable to have been brought up there but I think as an adult I really prefer living in England now oh you do mm. <laughs> oh that's awesome I was also um listening to your uh, podcast that I think is so amazing and you said that you were interested in drama from the age of from a very young age and you played the part of Oliver Twist when you were only 12 years old mm. and from then on you just knew you wanted to be an actress and so do you think at 12 years old, you were building confidence and experiencing, you know, experience creates confidence. And so how has your confidence as a former actress created your confidence that you currently have now? Definitely acting has helped that because, you know, it, it, it forces me to be on stage in front of an audience. So it's the obvious thing that it would be, you know, building your confidence. But I mean, Judy Garland and this wonderful that came, uh, the wonderful film that came out about her recently, a few years ago, Judy, just shows that actually, even with all that experience, she still remained petrified every time she was about to go on stage. So sometimes it has nothing to do with it. Um, also, I've always thought that I'm an extrovert, but um, recently I've sort of started to understand myself more and realize that I'm a highly sensitive person who's slightly introverted. Um, it's just that I kind of get a high on certain things where challenging myself or connecting on a very deeper level with someone. But actually, I prefer doing it sort of um, maybe in intimate um, situations much more than a very public one. Um, but I like pushing myself sort of out of the comfort zone. So I seem like an extrovert. I seem like someone who's um, really confident. And um, I think it's helped me in that I just throw myself into things. So I started singing before I started acting. And I actually have a recording on cassette of when I first started singing in a band. I was about nine years old. And at the beginning of the recording, you hear me on the mic say, oh, God. And I think, you know, seeing everyone there and actually having to do it um, was probably my first moment of just pushing myself through it. So I kind of push myself through the fear all the time. That's awesome. So you were actually cultivating your confidence at such a young age at nine years old. Yeah, um, and I guess. So do you believe that the more you do something, the more experienced and skillful you become and the more confident you become? Yeah, the less scared you are of the unknown. I think the only thing that holds us back and keeps us so fearful is when we don't know something. 
so you know once you know it, it's not so scary is it like like doing a podcast um yes. when you sit thinking about it of all the difficulties all the things you don't know all the things that could go wrong it becomes scary but if you just get on and do it one step at a time next thing you know it's just getting done yes yes and even if it's not perfect done is better than perfect yeah Yes, there is no perfect. There exactly. Is no perfect. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I totally agree. So the first few years, um, you were with a local TV station in Jordan and you said it was such a struggle and it was your first ever TV show. And I remember you saying that the studio was doubly booked by mistake and your set wasn't ready. So you had three hours to do your, your thing and <laughs> they only gave you one. And it was a disaster and you were the parents were mad at you and not necessarily mad at you but that they were upset well the children that I had on the show were all my responsibility you know they trusted me so much that they sort of handed them over and said yeah take them to the tv station with the school bus and have them back at a certain time they pick them up and so of course when they didn't arrive it's my responsibility and I had a lot of upset children. And as a sensitive person, I feel everybody else's pain, you know, and I want everyone else to feel um, proud of themselves and joyful that they'd accomplished, you know, their dreams and things that they had prepared. And then when they didn't get a chance to because of something that was out of my hands, I was, you know, distraught, really, really upset. And that was my first experience trying to do a TV show. It was kind of all left on my shoulders, no support, no help. I didn't have experience, but I would have done really, really well, even though I didn't have the experience if all those things weren't in my way and had gone wrong. And, um, you know, it toughened me up. I had a lot of difficult experiences there. There's a lot of unprofessionalism, unfortunately. Um, it's a governmental institute and, you know, people working at the TV station aren't necessarily people who are passionate about it. You know, it's just another job mm -hmm. and uh, waiting for the pension really, mm -hmm. you know, their heart isn't in it. And so you sort of have to beg for someone to do their job or beg for the camera to be booked. And everything was just a real struggle for me, especially after I trained as an actress in England um, and I had high expectations. And then I ended up coming back to Jordan, which is a really small country, not well known for, you know, it's media production at all. Um, Lebanon is more the place for that and Egypt. And uh, I really struggled at the beginning, but I think it taught me a lot. And I ended up learning skills in all areas. You know, if I wanted to get something done, I'd have to do it all myself. I'd have to understand the editing. I'd have to get the sponsorship. I'd have to find my own guests. I'd have to write my own show. I'd have to figure out how even it might be directed, choose the music, literally everything. Um, and if I was told that from the beginning, I might never have done it. But, you know, once you're in it, you just have to get on with it. Mm -hmm. And it gets done. And it was a brilliant show in the end because nobody knew what I had really planned for it. You know, they yeah. didn't know that I wanted it to be bigger and better than that. And a lot of children were disappointed. Yes. Um, yes. So it's still a good one hour show. But um, yes. And, and then you said a few years later, you um, went on to do a talk, a, a talk show. So you developed somewhere between your disappointment and doing the show, you developed some type of courage and um, bravery and um, mindset to get you out of that mind frame to say, hey, I'm not going to let this 
you know, cloud me and keep taking me over. Let me move on to the next stage of my life. And you were able to do a talk show. So do, do you think that it was the confidence that you were building over the years that helped you to, to push you out of that, you know, I guess, devastation? No, luckily it was naivety. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that because it was a children's show and it was for the, you know, World International Day of Children uh, Television and Radio Broadcasting and UNICEF, you know, it had to be done at a certain time and with children and it went wrong and that's what made it so catastrophic and difficult so if I was to do an adult show now Mm. you know things might go smoothly and I wouldn't have to I wouldn't have to worry about the responsibility of all those children so I was like okay I'm not going to do children's show but I will do a talk show um but you know a lot of things went wrong there as well Uh, a lot of things weren't you know um weren't put in place that you know need to be like just the the basics really you know of people doing their job and um I I still you know have intentions of writing a book about the ridiculous things that I went through and and happened during my time of sort of starting in tv at Jordan and my singing career like for instance I had um programmed for my first episode on the talk show to have three airline pilots to come on and talk about their experiences and one of them being a female um Arab uh captain and it took a lot of arranging and and trust in me personally because they knew me personally you know um to come on a show that they didn't know that was you know completely new and get them on at the same time and also it was the first time that I managed to um get an audience in that needed to have a good experience because they weren't a paid audience that you know hopefully they would come back the next day and the next day for the 13 days that I had to film in this in this studio And so on our first day, the set wasn't ready again. And um, we sort of had to make do last minute and everything. And then the guys in the, it's called an OB truck where they're they're filming outside, they're recording from the outside in the truck, um, didn't press record, they pressed play by mistake. And so the first 45 minutes of us talking, which was pretty much the whole show, wasn't even recorded and we had to start all over again and they weren't willing to do that you know I lost basically my my guests I, I was left with one and we managed to just make do and repeat a bit so just frustrations like that of people not taking responsibility for what they were doing and me trying to put in a hundred and million percent um, on on behalf of everybody else worrying about everybody else what they're doing was the stressful part of it but then I think it prepared me so much that when I had a big show that happened in Lebanon I was the presenter of Pop Idol which is now X Factor for the whole of the Middle East so it was a pan-Arab one and everyone there was very very professional in Lebanon everyone did their job and all I had to do was focus on me it just felt so easy you know it was live it was millions of Arabs all over the world tuning in and it just felt so much easier than what I had done in Jordan that was like all on me so I think it was a good preparation 
and things that seem like they're hardships or bad can be a really positive thing. And I think I learned that very early on. I, I do agree with you. When we face challenges and hardships, I, I believe that it's strategically put in place by the universe to help us level up for the next um, area of our life, for the next level of, of our, you know, of next step of our life. So all that hardship that you went through and having to do things by yourself and, you know, show not being recorded and, 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 and all of that was to help you build skills to, to help you with what you're doing now. So, um, do you think being confident mean that you never feel self-doubt? No, definitely not. Um, you will always have the self-doubt and that is the monkey brain. And that's the job of it is to keep telling you, you know, are you sure you might fail? What if, what if, but I think luckily, and I really feel blessed with this, that I am very, very spontaneous. So I don't actually have enough. I don't give myself enough time to think or overthink something to say no. Mm. So I jump into something so quickly that it's too late. And I learn the lesson if it, you know, it's the hard way once I've done it, but actually I've got it done. So for me, it, I've always been doing that thing where they like count backwards, just say three, two, one. And, it, you know, before your mind can ch change and tell you not to do it, you've already confused it by sort of counting backwards and, and you've done it, like getting out of bed or something like that. So I pretty much say yes very quickly, like Jim Carrey in the movie. <laughs> um, and then I think later. So I was asked if I could be in a German movie and if I spoke German, I just said yes, but I don't. <laughs> and and that could be looked upon as lying. <laughs> but for me... It's like no challenge is kind of too big, unless it's dangerous. If someone said, will you jump out of plane? Right. You know, I'd probably say no. But something like that, I'm like, yes. And then I get on with it and learn German for that part in time because I've got a deadline and I've pressured myself and I've said yes to something now, so I can't back out. But if I'm like, let me think about it, I would have definitely said no. You know, I and like other people that. would have influenced me and said, what are you thinking? Yeah. You don't know German. You're this, you're that. And it would have changed my mind. But I just kind of too late done it. Yes. And how was it? Really good. I mean, the directors kept forgetting that I wasn't German and can't speak German. You know, they That's would try amazing. and talk to me in between. And I didn't know what they were saying, but I did the part well. That is amazing. So you pretty much do things before your mind tried to convince you otherwise that no, you're not worthy or you're not capable or no, you don't speak German. You just get on with it and, yeah. and then figure it out later. I actually like that mindset because you get things done quicker because you know, our minds can play tricks on us and convince us to not do a particular thing because we're, we don't have the skill set for it. So I like that approach. <laughs> yeah. And for years, you know, lately I've been really hard on myself trying to be a different kind of person, trying to be the person that prepares, you know? So for instance, I'll announce a workshop and then I won't prepare for that workshop, what I'm going to say. And I start panicking last minute thinking, I know I improvise. I know I just go with my gut in the moment, but what if I don't, what if I mess up? It's not right to invite people and then not prepare for it. And I start telling myself all these things that make me start being really, really worried. Yes. Um, 
and going through all that stress for nothing. But I find that when I did force myself to prepare, I hated the process mm. and I just wanted to get through the speech or the, or the workshop for it to just end instead of enjoy it. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's, it's just going against my nature. And the way I work best is to react to the people that are going to turn up on that day and what they need on that day and their questions on that day. And I can trust that the library that I've got in my mind of knowledge is going to come up appropriately mm. in the moment. And so now I don't do that to myself. I don't make myself really suffer that I'm not doing what I think I should be doing. That is amazing. So it takes great confidence to really have that trust in yourself and say, I'll just let it flow. I, yeah. I have a wealth of information to this particular task that I, that I have, and I will just allow my natural ability to come out and my skills that I've already, you know, have to just flow. I absolutely love that. I'm not there yet. I do worry sometimes, you know, even with this podcast, I was supposed to start a podcast a long time ago. Me too. And- <laughs> <laughs> you know what and- did scare me and delay me is the technical side. So things like mm-hmm. that can stop me. That's where maybe my confidence wavers because it's something that I actually have to put work into. I can't throw myself in and be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. If you like hear a mic, just speak, we'll do the rest. I would have done it years ago. But things I have to prepare for, like learn how to edit, learn how Mm. to tape, learn how to, that is what could, you know, stop me from something. Yes. I always second guess myself because I did start a podcast last fall and it was awful because I didn't have the training and I gave up on it. And then, you know, you know what happens next, the course came along and that pushed me forward. So you having the confidence to believe in yourself that even if you fail right which I don't even believe in failing it's just not getting it right and you go to the next step right failing is is yeah basically there to teach you that this is not the proper way to do it so you know try something else and yeah uh, yeah, and you I would rather be someone that has courage and guts Mm -hmm. than be someone who's like a wuss and doesn't try (laughs) if I had to word it that way You know, which one would I hate myself for more? Which one would I be proud of myself of more? And I choose that way. I like that. Living without regrets. At least you give it your best shot Mm. regardless. That's the mind frame that I'm starting to, to develop now because, you know, fear is really not real. (laughs) Yeah. Is this a four is four letter word? And we have taken it on as being a real thing. And because of fear, a lot of people have not, including myself, done the thing that we really want to do. For example, one of my um, bucket things on my bucket list is to jump out of an airplane. (laughs) Oh, funny. (laughs) I mentioned that. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I, I know that I'll do it but it's not scheduled anytime soon because that fear is still there. So how do you, how do you wake up and cultivate that, that confidence in you to, to go to the next chapter of your life? Because you know that your current life is not working right now. You need to do something different, but you're so scared that if you attempt, you attempt it, you know, people may laugh at you, you may lose tons of money, or, you know, you may just be so ashamed of yourself. So how do you get over that? 
I think fear is like my adrenaline rush. So mm. I look for it. And I think uh, also understanding more about high sensitivity. Um, you can be someone that's highly sensitive, but looks for, uh, I can't remember what the word is. Um, it's something like you still like high intensity, you know? you like a thrill and some highly sensitive people don't. So I'm the one that likes a thrill, but I'm not going to want a thrill that's that I feel is dangerous. So like a roller coaster or jumping out of a plane or those sort of things don't. So where do I find them? I find them in not preparing and going on live TV, <laughs> you wow. know, or, or having to sing to a big auditorium of people and really have only practiced for a week or saying yes to something that I've never done before. That for me is where I'm like feeling that adrenaline of there's a yes. challenge. Yes. And um, I think that's why I do what I do. And I put myself in that position and I do really well on the spot. Like I do best when you just throw me into something but then I always think, well, how how much better could I have done if I'd prepared? I was even like that with studying. You know, I'd have an exam. Mm -hmm. I'd never prepare ahead of time. I would cram it all in the day before and I'd just pass by. But then afterwards, I'd regret it and think, oh, you know, yes, I made it through. But how well would I have done if I'd studied? Yes, yes. Um, so you... But now I don't sort of keep regretting, but mm -hmm. I've become more consistent in my life. So I force myself to do things more in a daily way, you know, so the exercise, the meditation, mm -hmm. um, I'm not good with everything. I mean, I wish I sang every day or played guitar every day. I'd be mm -hmm. much better than when someone says, Oh, could you play something for us? And I haven't played for years. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I have to practice, practice, yeah, practice for a week to try and get halfway there. Um, I still don't seem to do that. I'm not consistent enough, but I am building consistency in many mm -hmm. different areas. So Isn't that something consistency is the hardest thing to really keep up in your life and, and consistency is what takes you from being where you are to mastery, doing something over and over again, then you become a, a master at it. Yeah. So as, as a transformational life coach and you're, you're, you focus on confidence and teaching your students how to be confident and get, get out of their comfort zones and um, try something new. Um, what is, how long do you really think it takes to create real change with your confidence? <laughs> well, look, everyone says that a habit is broken in 21 days yeah, mm -hmm. and be consistent and consistency is the key. Mm -hmm. But I think that some people find it very easy to be consistent. You know, my, my ex-partner is Mr. Consistence. I mean, mm -hmm. He has been working out at the gym the same way for like the last, I don't know, 25 years, wow. wakes up at 4 a.m., sleeps at 9 p.m., you know, Mr. Routine. Wow. And I'm impressive. not. But then in my eyes, for him, consistency is easy, but doing something new is very difficult and scary. And mm. so that holds him back from taking any risks or trying new things or experiencing new things and taking on a new challenge. So yes, he's very good at what he does, let's say, but it also is a trap. 
So I think mm-hmm. that consistency isn't always the thing. If you are not a consistent person, then yes, it'll help you to have a bit more consistency. But I think just biting the bullet and doing something that scares you and just pushing past that little that little point of thinking, oh God, no, I don't know what's going to happen and just do it anyway before you've got time to think. That's what brings new things into your life, I think. And then you can maybe have a little bit of consistency with it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was part one of a two-part episode. And join us next time for part two, where Rania Curdy continues. She will continue to encourage us to take risk because, you know, she believes that once we stop questioning ourselves and start to encourage ourselves to take risk and, um, you know, just to take a step towards things that we haven't dared to do before. And also she will also go into being authentic because true and lasting inner confidence can only come from being authentic and not trying to be anyone other than who we are. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm looking forward to seeing you on part two. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Universal Grace Podcast and being part of this amazing community. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and I hanging out and helping each other rise to the top. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. So I'll see you on the next episode. But in the meantime, remember to head on over to universalgracepodcast.com and get some extra special resources that you won't find anywhere else. Thanks for listening and let love guide you.